Good morning, evening, afternoon. Whenever it is you're doing this. All right, we're in John chapter 6 this morning. Or whatever. (laughs) Afternoon, evening. Wherever. This is actually a really cool chapter coming off of this week, this past week, that you've had with your woman's study series on and then especially wrapping it up with being sober-minded mm-hmm. and being watchful. Uh, this chapter fits in with that, too. This is kind of a uh, first coming of Christ example of that, where the Jews should have seen the fact that this was the Messiah that was in front of them. But they killed him. (laughs) So they did not. So this is a uh, this is a first time example of what right now could be and is for a lot of people because a lot of people are completely drunk in the cares and affairs of this world. Mm -hmm. They're worried about their you know, whatever it is that people worry about these days. Yeah, we're uh, so wrapped up in, you know, our careers, our goals, our sports, our pleasures, our, you know, I mean, there's no shortage here of things that we're wrapped up in that are worldly things that mm-hmm. we have lost our sobriety to the things of the Lord. And just because you, you know, check off, a church visit once a week or you know you read about or whatever you can still be lost in your sobriety because you're wrapped up in the ways of the world you can't do both yeah and uh in this chapter jesus makes some very very bold statements that anybody that would have been sober-minded and paying attention would have completely realized who this was exactly and what the deal was with this and we can see even by the end of this chapter that even then, I mean, he realizes that there's so many people just that reject him and will not, you know, they, they just will not pay attention. We always want to go to prayer first. So take a minute, say a prayer, take a prayer. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, anything that we can lift up in prayer um, and counsel, questions you might have, struggles you might be facing, something you're just in need of, whatever it is, reach out and let us know. You can go to APHomeChurch.com, and all of our info is on there. Yep. All right, so we will, verse 1. After this, Jesus crossed, oh, after this, after what? After this. This is six months roughly six months from john 5 the chapter that we just left off in with the the Bethsaida dude and all that how because jesus was in jerusalem for a feast in john chapter 5 and now we're at passover so this is six months in between that feast and passover so it's a little bit period of time here But after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. 
Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. <laughs> Sign of divinity. <laughs> Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. So with women and children, that could have easily been up to like 20,000 people. That's crazy. Well, a that's lot of people. Crazy to think. I feel like sometimes you know the lord will not tempt you but that doesn't mean he won't test you yeah and look at that where he asks the question but he already knows what he's going to do like he's not genuinely like oh how are we going to feed these people where do we get yeah. this stuff but like how often in our lives do we run into something where it's like we're put in this situation or we're faced with this thing and we're like God, what are we going to do? Like, you got us here, but now what? Like, what do we do? Like, I feel like we have found this scenario in our lives and our story so much. Heck, possibly even right now. You know, where we're like, what are we... He already oh, yeah. knows what he's going to do. Like, yeah. it's not... But he's he's testing you. He's going, well, what are you going to do? I got you here. What are we going to do next? Verse 11. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. All right. That right there should have told every single Jew that should have been a sign for them to realize that this is a Messiah because he provides food for them in the same way God provided manna for Israel in the Old Testament. So... You'd think it'd stand out Fit, anyway. <laughs> right. You would think. You would think. And that's just the first thing mm -hmm. that he does. But then he makes a couple statements here that are really important <clears throat> that that should have, again, just given it away and, and should have showed them the time and season that they were in. Verse 12. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples... Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Right? Remember, just like they collected all the, the stuff back in the Old Testament and nothing was to waste. Verse 14. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. They expected a prophet like Moses. Verse 15, when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away to the hills by himself. That's a, that's really important. He he didn't come to overthrow Rome, and, and not the first time. No, he came as the suffering servant the first time. It's the next time, the second coming, that he will come and establish his kingdom and bring in the, the rule that they were expecting. But this time, he, he didn't want them to think that he was there to overthrow Rome, because he wasn't. Remember, it's not about this. 
being sober-minded and paying attention that it, this does not matter. It, it, this has nothing to do with what we're looking for. All right, verse 16. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when they suddenly saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Do not be afraid. I am here. Okay, Jesus' words here are actually, I am. Like, I am. The great I am. The great I am. Like, as in, when Moses asked who it was that he was speaking to, and he said, the rooster. Sorry. Or the hen, I mean, I'm sorry. I'll go try to shush her. Hold on. All right, that hen is sounding the alarm for something, apparently. So we're just going to shut the door, and hopefully it doesn't come yeah, through very loud I'm, anymore because she's freaking out. I'm sorry about that. If you're new to these pod, these Bible studies, this happens Sometimes a lot. Sometimes you're interrupted by chickens. Yep. Kids, so, dogs. What are you going to do? Uh, anyway, back to this. He is the great I am. And Exodus 3.14, God's self-identification is I am. So... He is making a extremely bold statement right there because he's calling himself God. So, but the statement is actually said, I am, mm -hmm. do not be afraid. And he's walking on water. So he's displaying his power over the his own creation, which is just mind blowing. And, you know, right there. So I like the way they have it written in 21. Mm -hmm. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Immediately, <laughs> immediately arrived yeah. at their destination. That's another very, very important thing, especially with this um, um, being sober-minded and paying attention to the times and seasons mm -hmm. uh, that we're in. Because, yeah, I see another kind of allusion to something there, and that's not even... That's not even meaning to, to to mean that. But if you if you read it, Jesus coming saying "I am," and then immediately arriving at your destination, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. We just read in the Rapture podcast that we did it in twinkling of an eye. Mm -hmm. So. Well, it's, it makes you think, like, in the millennial kingdom, will we be able mm -hmm. to, like, it's immediately get to destination? You know, I don't... Sometimes... This is what's really awesome about the Bible is, you know, you, you, you find little things in this, but you see things in there that you that you don't see maybe the first time you read through it. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times I've read through John 6, and I never even had that thought pop in my head. And I want to be clear, just because... This isn't some secret understanding to the text that I have. You know, it's just sometimes you see little things like that. You can't invent your own little doctrine off of those things. But sure. a lot of times that's what these are the things that just kind of pop out. And if you can see if you can see comparisons in there that that weigh 
with the totality of scripture, then yeah, that's probably a safe assumption. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so many different times that 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 that, that you happens. You test everything right. with scripture, right? So if you feel like you are seeing something, but it doesn't sure. fit into the puzzle when you weigh it with other scripture, right? Then it's yeah. <laughs> then stop yourself, right? But just like Paul and Acts. He quoted Isaiah saying that, you know, you guys are stubborn Jews and you guys won't listen. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that this prophecy is fulfilled in this saying. And it's like, well, that was already fulfilled in, in you know, it had already happened two times before. Yeah. But it was something that fit in the time and place mm-hmm. and was true to that particular moment. Yes. All right, so yeah, I, I just wanted to be clear on that. Yes, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not inventing some new doctrine off of that. All right, verse twenty-two. Yes. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw the disciples had taken the only boat and realized that Jesus had not gone with them. Okay. I'm going to be completely raw and honest right now and just admit that that verse right there, me reading that, just took me, no lie, like four times. And I have no idea why. I have no idea why. It was so funny. That's why if it sounded kind of weird, there was kind of a weird tone to it. I was laughing because I don't know why. I kept kept leaving out the word that in that verse. So there you go, Morgan. (laughs) <laughs> you can play with that one all week long <laughs> but yeah so verse 22 on john 6 took me at least four different you times. guys have no idea some of these things sometimes like, you funny. think that he goes a little long with bible study sometimes you should be the one sitting here recording them with them because sometimes we are down here for hours but it's okay yeah try again love let's go not gonna lie Sometimes it takes me a minute to get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, 23. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they went, got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. All right, Jesus is saying right there, he's like, you guys only want to be with me because of the physical benefit, of not because you understand what's right in front of you. You only want the, the physical and material benefit of it. You want food. You want these things out of Christ. There is... That's the first thing that I my mind goes to when I when I think of apostasy and especially these teachers. We have been doing the heretic hour and the last one that I did with him. The first thing that they go to is this self Jesus. Like this is something in it for you to move forward. Yep. Like you're getting something out of it. Like it's there to abuse. Like yeah, you're the there for just for the the physical and material benefit of it, but you're spiritually dead and there's nothing to it. Verse 27. So don't be concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So don't seek the world. <laughs> seek 
the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you right there. And that's the problem is these people are searching for Christ. You keep searching and searching. That's what you never truly find Christ and then move on to another movement. Yeah. That does not happen. It, it does not happen. Well, and that's what's so amazing. You see these people that hop from like movement to movement, like church denomination to church denomination. It's like you're seeking a system. You're seeking a thing. You're seeking all these physical, worldly things. These perishable things. Yeah. Don't seek these perishable things. Instead, seek a true relationship with Christ. And you don't get that through any system, any the, definitely not teacher, the world. Specific, yeah, a yeah. specific teacher, a specific, you know, sect, belief, movement, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it, it's Christ alone. That you need nothing other than that. And also at the end of this, Jesus makes the claim that saying that, that God the Father has given me the seal of His approval. That's also huge. Mm -hmm. I think I don't even think I need to expand on expand that. on that. All right, verse twenty-eight. They replied, "We want to perform God's works too. What should we do?" Jesus told them, "This is the only work. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one He has sent." What do I have to do? Do I have to? Do I have to wear a covering? Do I not? Do I have to do this special? prayer do i have to do the special dance nope nope believe in the one he has sent verse 30 they answered show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you what can you do <laughs> <laughs> after all our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness the scriptures say moses gave them bread from heaven to eat jesus said i tell you the truth Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am, again, the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That right there is Jesus stating, whoever comes to me, nobody that ever responds to the gospel should ever be have any fear of being rejected. You will never be hungry and you will never be thirsty. Mm -hmm. So there's, there should be no, no fear in being rejected by God at all if you've come to him. So people ask i get this question a lot i mean from yeah a lot of different people you know just i'm afraid you know i'm worried about the salvation i'm worried that god you know do i anger god do you know and then i've seen the question many times too that people think that they're unsavable or think that you know salvation is something that you can lose love John MacArthur because he says if if we could lose our salvation we certainly would yeah <laughs> like, if it was possible if it was possible we would we'd find a way to screw it up Ew. let's just be honest but it's not I mean these statements right here you never be hungry and you'll never be thirsty 
he doesn't say things like that just just to say it it's it's he's giving you that's a promise yeah okay verse 36 but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me however those the father has given me will come to me and i will never reject them never ever verse 38 for i have come down from heaven to do the will of god who sent me not to do my own will and this is the will of god that i should not lose even one of all those he has given me but that i should raise them up on the last day for it is my father's will that all who see the son and believe in him should have eternal life i will raise them up at the last day then the people i will raise them up at the last day i love that verse 41 then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he said i am the bread that came down from heaven they said isn't this jesus son of joseph we know his father and mother how could he say i came down from heaven so well no you know what let me i'll continue on verse 43 but jesus replied stop complaining about what i said for no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me and at the last day i will raise them up as it is written in the scriptures they will be taught by god everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me not that not that anyone has ever seen the father only i who was sent from god have seen him nobody has ever seen god in his true complete 100 percent form nor will we until which that is like i don't know i've tripped out like for hours on that before just like think about it it's just mind blowing. it's just every single time it gets me so excited and just so like <laughs> but just like mind blow yeah. like i can't even your mind cannot comprehend, wrap around like, that yeah christ in in that yes 100 percent, absolutely but even finding something that christ is looking forward to right right you know like that's gotta be cool. like that's gotta be <laughs> next some, level yeah like so I, uh, yeah, that that thought alone of just being completely, um, actually seeing God in His full and complete form. Ooh, you're stealing a brownie. Well, I figured since the kids are jumping upstairs and making a bunch of noise, nobody would notice if I snuck one of your Brandon's hiding food in his office from the kids. I have to because they they will Heidi will buy something for me. Little treat that he has to ration treat, out, and I have to ration out, and it'll be gone in a day. Yeah, and I get one. Yeah, if you're lucky. If I'm lucky, there's been times that I haven't got anything. Yeah, and it's just been gone. And they're just like, oh, mom said. I did not say. All right, I'm sorry. That was a very long pause there, but all right. Okay, sorry about all those interruptions, but I want to go back. You've had a brownie break now, so we can continue. (laughs) So verse four. Yeah, because as soon as you got one, I was like, dude, no. Sorry. Anyway, but I want to go back up. I know I didn't stop before here. I wanted to stop it. Well, talk about what we just, what I read past with. Uh, the bread coming down from heaven he claimed he goes I am the bread the bread that came down from heaven was the bread that gave the Israelites life in the Old Testament 
right? That's what kept them alive in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is saying that I am that life. And these people are going, wait, what? (laughs) How can he say he is that life? We know his mom and his dad. Yeah. Wait, he's saying he came from heaven now? Yeah. Now he's this bread? So that was, that's that that's that confusion. But then again, it should have been one of those things that they were like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, but many did it. And then Jesus, I love what he says. Stop complaining about what I said. I love that. But his point um, on verse 44 no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. We don't have that ability to search out God. God calls us to him. And it's up to us to listen to that call. So anybody that has any doubt, don't have any doubt, any fear, anything. Because if God is calling you and you've responded to the call, that's it. And if that's if you're truly following Christ and you're truly desiring a relationship and in beginning to get your your life back on track, don't ever be afraid of anything because that's actually God that called you to that. You you didn't do any of this stuff. God did it. And it's already so it's already done. Well, and kind There's of nothing that you can you can mess up. Well, and the point you're making we shared um on Saturday the how to evangelize people that was kind of your point you can't force someone to believe in mm-hmm. god like right. you can't force it if you're going about it trying to win them with like scientific exactly. reasoning and all of these exactly. other proofs and all of these there are proofs there is some, there sure. are those things sure but if that's the way you're trying to go about winning you're something, never gonna get it you can spread seed but sure. God has to water it. Yep. God has to yeah. grow it. You can you can spread seed, absolutely, but you can't force someone to have a relationship right. with Right. And you and that's where you have to understand. And I think our our passiveness in that is more powerful than anything. If if identifying with what these people are saying and listening and saying, Okay, listen, I understand where you are at. I get it. That's cool. You don't want to listen to a word that I have to say. And what I have to say to you is foolish. It's ridiculous to you. Yeah. It sounds stupid. Sure. So I understand that. Your heart but is But instead of engaging with these people on a negative way and fighting them and trying to prove your point that you're trying to be a warrior for Christ, it, it, it most of the time does not work. I mean, maybe for a small group of people, that's how you could evangelize them, but that's very small, and that's not something that we need to do. We need to be doing on a larger scale because I think our passiveness in that is more powerful in our engagement with them and saying, hey, I, I understand all these things, and I get it. Dude, if I didn't believe, if I didn't have the spirit inside of me, I would understand that this stuff is wacky yeah. because you've got, like, You've got like people rising from the dead. You've got giants, and di- you've got all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, the imaginary man in the sky. Oh yeah, is the, controlling yeah, exactly. And... So if I can, un- from a world perspective, if you're not going to be there, okay, you're not. I'm pray. I mean, that does not that 
hurts my heart and I pray for these people and I don't give up and, and throw my hands up and say, you know, saying, okay, that's where you're at. That's not giving up. That says, okay, I get it. Let me explain to you why, you know, this makes that's sense to me. That's why living your life according to scripture is such a huge influence because then right. you start to see the day in, day out when struggles come, when hard times come, you never give up. You always love, you always do, you know, you start to see that and that's what creates such an impact, you know what I mean? You should explain, I think that we should evangelize them by explaining to them why their view against my belief makes sense to me. And and you can explain to them that our Bible tells us, and, and this is the part that we never, ever hear. You know, I never hear, I mean, maybe, I don't, I don't want to sound ignorant because I don't listen to Ray Comfort a lot but a lot of times I don't hear Ray Comfort going listen this all this stuff sounds crazy to you and I get that but it's in the Bible it tells me that you can't understand anything unless you're willing mm -hmm. unless you want to mm -hmm. unless God has called you to him but you can't, it, it, if you come at it like you're trying to disprove it, you're trying to prove it, you're trying to do all these things, you're going to fail and it's going to sound like like craziness every single time. But we don't ever be honest with somebody that's an atheist or, or anything else with that. We don't, we're never honest about it. Why not? Dude, I get it. I get it. Okay. To you, sounds like sure, but the my what this little my Bible tells me that that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I knew you would think it. Sounds I knew like you would think that. Scripture already told me you. And think I understand that. your point of view. And imagine there. I mean, you don't ever see that, right? You just see this over engagement argument trying to prove your point. But if you just say in having a conversation, going, "Hey, I'm a Christian. I follow Christ." And I completely understand that you don't like and don't understand anything about what I believe. And I'm not trying to force what I believe onto you and trying to think that I'm going to win you by doing so. That Because that's not going to happen. I can do that with being an example to you and going to you and showing you the love of Christ and praying for you. But definitely not forcing what I believe onto you or onto your circle or ideals or any you know anything. We we shouldn't do that. You're not gonna win anybody. You're gonna reject more people than you win. All right, verse forty-seven. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I offer, so the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How could this man give us flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. 
Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to any understand. How can anyone accept it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It was, it would have been a very, very hard thing to understand if you tried to interpret that in a literal way. They're yeah, like, you'd be like, <laughs> like, what? like some people not naming any names do, mm -hmm. but the disciples were like, that. yeah. The disciples were, how could anyone accept that? Like, yeah. we're going to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Like, what? This dude is. Pro-cannibalism. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Verse 61. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. Another sign of being completely divine. So he said to them, does this offend you? <laughs> Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what will they think if they see the Son of Man ascend again to heaven? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are the Spirit and life. But of some of you do not believe in me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, This is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Why is it that I always get told that, you know, we don't want to be judgy and, you know, negative and... Right. Right? Say nice things. Say nice things. Don't come people to too much. Jesus is like, did I offend you? <laughs> it's like, what, you guys going to go too? I could care less. I mean, he did, but... In in this, he's like, "What? I can't." That's what you want? I'm telling you, too, I'm, you I cannot force you. You have to come at this willingly. You if have you're not to. Willing, then forget it. You're wasting your time. All right, verse seventy. That's crazy. <laughs> I forgot how long the the chapters are here in John. Then Jesus said, "I choose the twelve of you." But one is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve who would later betray him. Just throwing Judas out there. Yeah. I love how all the, the disciples yeah, in the they Gospels, all... they make sure to throw Judas under the bus real quick. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you do get that sense uh -huh. that they are totally throwing Judas under the bus. I mean, I bus. get it. It makes sense. Yeah. But it's just funny when you see it and they're like... Yeah. Because they all go, who later betrayed him? Who yeah. later... Be We're like, we get who Judas Iscariot is by this point, right? Just making sure. I mean, I do it too. All right. Um, tomorrow, 
we will be in John chapter 7. And John chapter 7 is talking more about, I always talk about how Jesus' own family didn't believe in him and his his ministry. Mm-hmm. And John 7 goes over the fact that even his brothers did not believe who he was until after he was raised from the dead. Yeah. These are two of your New Testament writers that did not believe in him it's huge it's huge so we'll go over that a little bit but we'll see you tomorrow all right bye guys